Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to DMVR Buffs Live, uh, presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm. We've got Ryan Konigsberg here. And uh, today, we have so much to talk about. And uh, obviously, we're going to get to the Oregon game. But there's there's like a, a real storyline this week. A change at the offensive line coach. Um, and obviously, there's a bunch of people with a bunch of different opinions. People saying, like, it's not enough. People saying, like, took too long. All that kind of stuff. Just... What, what are your general thoughts at this point about that decision, Ryan? Oh, man. Uh, how real are we going to get within the first minute of the <laughs> We're show? getting right we're into going it. going right We're going to get through this, and we're going to get to Oregon. Usually, it's like, hey, how you doing? Nope, no nope, beers no up time here today. today. Um, I've, I've put in a request for drinks. We'll see if it's met. Mm. Um, so, let me so, start so, so. here. I think that from start... Start, leave out a little bit of the middle to finish. This is the worst mark on the Carl Durrell era in Boulder. And I say that as, what's the new guy's name? Uh, William Vlahos. Vlahos. Okay. I'm yep. glad I asked because I want to get that right. Vlahos, when you look at his resume, you come back saying, wow, this that guy seems like he actually could be a solution. Do you agree? I agree. I totally agree. So how is it that when <laughs> Mitch Rodriguez was hired with the original pool of assistant money, uh, from the very beginning, it looked like a joke? Yeah, it's uh that that really is the big question, right? Like what this it, it there's there's some hires that you make, kind of like if if they were to give William Vlahos the full time job, 
you would say, yeah, that does make sense. He, he has that resume. This mm-hmm. is a good hire. It's worth a try. Yep. And if it doesn't work out, you're like, okay, well, bad hire. And that's that's bad on you. But it wouldn't be nearly as bad as if you're saying this didn't work out. It was Mitch Rodriguez. How did this ever work out? From high school. I mean, the fact that he was like, mm-hmm. I called him blocking sled Billy Mays. Um, like he was selling That's blocking sleds at, at a high school. It, it just was such. From the beginning, it was like, wow, this better work, or it's going to be a really bad look. One year later, it's a really bad look. And there was a reason that th- that was the case. Later. Like it's not like it's just like a random thing. It's because it looked like a bad hire, and it turned out to be a bad hire. And now every sideline AD or whatever can say, I was right. Yeah, duh. This is what we said all along. Yes. And that's that's what you want to avoid. What I will say is that it, it would be a revisionist history to forget that the offensive line was really good last year. Um, and they were dominant mm-hmm. and they ran all over everyone. And you can make the case of, hey, look, once once they didn't have a quarterback, that was the problem. And, and I would listen to that case. What mm-hmm. I will say, though, is this last week – the, some of the quotes that have come out, especially from Carl Durrell himself, who is not doing himself any favors, saying like, yeah, it's crazy. The uh, the new guy came in and all these crazy. guys are like, wow, we're learning something for the first time mm-hmm. in weeks. Bro, <laughs> come on, man. You can't say that. <laughs> it's rough. You it's have to really say rough. like, oh, the guys are really excited. They're learning some new things in a different mm-hmm. way. It's nice to have a new voice in the room. All of the, you know, the stuff. I mean, sometimes you got to, I guess, give a guy credit for saying the truth. But because of that quote, I kind of say, okay, well, Rodrigue was undoing some of the good stuff that was done before him by uh, Kapilovich. Kapilovich. And now they're trying to get back to that. Like, we're having to undo what he undid. Yeah, what he proudly undid. What, what he was going around to all of us saying, oh, the there's a lot system, of uncoaching baby. that has to be done here. And, you know, there's we've, we've had to skip some other things because we're focused on uncoaching some of the things that... And it's like, well, no, no, that was a good offensive line coach. And so that right there was a red flag and another red flag. And there's just been so many of those over and over again. And and talking about last year, the offensive line under Mitch Rodriguez looking good. You know, I've had a lot of conversations with Matt McChesney, including talking about how last year... Rotary didn't have a chance to implement all of the things that he wanted to implement. And so they kind of had to run with the previous system. And now you, you talk to McChesney and or no, no, it was Carl this week saying, you know, I think that this transition can be kind of smooth because these guys, they're just going to go back to some terminology we were using in the past, doing double teams the way we used it in the past, um, some pass protection things the way we did them in the past. And, and it's just like, well, so you're just going back to what you did two years ago, which is a good plan considering what we saw. But but if they were doing that stuff last year and it worked, <laughs> why would it ever be tinkered with? Mitch Rodriguez. And, and this is my biggest issue with coaches across the universe. Always my way is better. It's always my way is better. And to me, that just makes no sense in so many different times. Some coaches are right. Their way is better. There was no reason to change anything when what you had was working. Totally. And, and you know, it was a tough situation. You know, Chris Kapilovic wanted to stay in Boulder. 
know, he wound up following Mel Tucker to Michigan State, but it was basically because of the circumstances. Doubled his money, at least, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, he made more money, but even if he hadn't been offered more money, I think he would have stayed if he knew that he had a job here. And that's the tough part is, you know, he leaves and Mel says, I'm building this staff over the course of the next 10 days. You want to be on that staff or not? Meanwhile, Colorado's right. going through a coaching search that's going to take minimum two weeks. It's like, I don't know if I have a job in Boulder. I know I have a job there. And it's so late in the cycle that you, you can't take the gamble. Yeah. The only way that you could have done that is if Rick George said, hey, I'm, I will make sure Mm-hmm. that my next coach brings you on but that's a bad look too it is um as an ad you can't really pull that kind of stuff because it just doesn't sit right look at mm-hmm. what happened with the broncos and rich Scangarello and vic fangio right yep. when they hired vic fangio it was hey we want kubiak to come be the offensive coordinator well then things fall apart at the last minute kubiak's no longer the offensive coordinator so la says okay well i want this system so who do you want from this system and right from the start you get off on a bad foot then you draft guys for that system. Then Vic Fangio, after year one, says, hey, man, I don't, why are you making me run your system? Let me do my things. If I'm going to fail here, let me fail my own way. And, you know, and not to yeah. go into a whole Broncos <laughs> podcast, but you create all sorts of new issues by doing that. So in defense of Rick George, it's not a good look for him to say, hey, you know, so-and-so, do you want to be our coach? By the way, you have to hire this offensive line coach. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately for, for Rick, Carl Durrell would have done it he wanted the job he was going to yep. take the job he wasn't you know and then you end up losing a very good offensive line coach and bringing in a very bad offensive line coach yep and it's uh luckily it's over now the mitch Rodriguez era is over now uh but there you know i talk to a lot of people from a lot of different parts of the buffs world and there's some people where it's like darian hagan everybody has good things to say Yep. Like, they, they don't say, like, oh, we love everything about him. Some people have, like, little beefs about little things. Everyone nope. has beefs with everyone. Exactly. Exactly. But there are there, there are more negative reviews <laughs> with Mitch Rodriguez that you hear than you expect. And so this whole time when you see the Before this week? Before this say, week. It's always going to say, everyone always has bad reviews on their way out the door. Absolutely. And I do think that it was time for a change. You know, because part of this is building relationships and ha- having student athletes who want to work with you and are believing in you and think that they're getting better because of you. And when that is not happening, you just got to make a change. And and I think that that might've been a little bit of a factor there too, but yeah, it's a, it's a tough situation, but now you've got William Vlahos who's going to be in there and he gets a tryout. You know, he's 33. It's that's typically an age where you start to get opportunities to be something like a power five position coach and if things go well, I think that the Buffs do hire him and, and, and bring him on full-time. And that would be a nice perk because it'd be cheap. Can you tell me a little bit more about his resume? I read just a little on Twitter and whatnot, but yeah. what does he bring to the table? Uh, this is a good time to plug. If you're a member of thedmvr.com, you mm-hmm. can get on there and you can read the story that I wrote today, which is all about how Brian Dable, the Bills offensive coordinator, was a big part of this process with Lejos coming to Boulder. Oh. Yeah, because um, we'll start with that part because I think that's the most interesting. Yep. Um, he uh, So Vlahos went to Alabama. He was a center there, a really good center there, and 
he wound up coming back as a, a grad assistant, was like a quality control coach there, did all those sorts of things. But when Brian Dable was the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Bama, that's when they had like Mac Jones and Tua and Jalen Hurts and all those guys. Um, I think he was a quality control coach. Vallejos was a quality control coach there. So after that season... Dable gets the job as the Bills offensive coordinator, brings Vallejos with him as an offensive assistant. And so he worked there running the same system that Carl Durrell runs because uh, Carl was Dable's quarterbacks coach when he was the offensive coordinator at the Dolphins in 2011. The web is growing. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, that's the thing, though, is it's Coaching such a big crazy, web. Yeah. And so you go through, and it's just like, here's how it's tied. And I actually talked to Carl about this. It was... Carl hasn't been having the greatest time of his life, I don't think, just based on mm-hmm. the, the, the things that we've seen. But when I asked him about all that stuff, saying like, yeah, you know, is Dable a part of this? He like lit up. He was excited to talk about mm. it, which makes sense. But yeah, I think uh, that part of it you like. And Vlahos obviously runs the system, has a background of some successful How teams. How old is he? 33. That's my favorite part. Yeah. Yeah, and and for a bunch of reasons. Because, you know, one of the things we talked about when Carl was hired is that this should kind of become a coaching farm. Like, there's some places where it's like, oh, you're USC? Well, your path to success is scooping up all this easily acceptable or or easily uh, attractable. Accessible is the word. I had to change it because I was... But yeah, um, turning it into like a good product and, and winning. That's not quite the case in Colorado. And so having somebody who can bring in coaches, have the ties, you know... Somebody like Brian Dable says, hey, this guy's good. You should check that out. He comes in. We already saw Taylor Embry go through and get a job in the NFL. Yep. Yeah, I think I think you're really on to something there. The problem is you have to recruit, and that's why I like having young guys. Um, because the truth is, like, the older you get, the less inclined you are. And, and some guys are different, but the less inclined you are to fly all around mm-hmm. the country and go try to convince 16-year-old kids why you're cool. Like, that's yes. an exhausting thing over time. <laughs> yes. But Taylor Embry did a good job mm-hmm. uh, in the little bit of time that he had here, and he's a young guy. And yo- the younger guys are, the more eager they are to do this sort of thing. So that's that's a part of it. But also the easier it is for them. It's a lot easier for a 33-year-old to convince a 16-year-old that he's cool and that the place they're going is cool than it is for a 50-year-old to do so. It's Absolutely. math. Absolutely. And on top of that, you know, a young coach – it's going to be cheaper, too. Yep. If they do decide they want to bring him on full-time, that extra money could be used at other positions, potentially, like, offensive coordinator if there's a change there. And that's kind of the other thing is, like... Now, I was going to say really quick, mm-hmm. I know there's bus fans. I haven't I haven't read anything on, like, the message boards or anything, but I guarantee you there's bus fans saying, like, this would be so us to not conduct an actual search for a new offensive line coach and just do this internal promotion thing. So I, I feel like I, I just have to do a service to those yep. people by bringing up that point of – it's another one where it's like, okay, I you can get me excited on this, but it better work if you're not going to conduct a search. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think – I mean, the search comes after the season. I think I think – I would be surprised if they don't at least do some other interviews. Okay. Regardless. But yeah. Um, famous last words. Famous last words. But uh, if they play well, you know what? Why not? Yeah. That starts this week. But uh, You were starting to talk about offensive coordinator. That's right. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, there's there's positions where I do think that Rick George probably said, hey, whoever the new guy is, 
this is your guy. I think you look at Darren Hagan. I think that at the very least there was some pressure to probably keep Darren Cheverini around. And we talk about Carl Durrell and his strength really being the, the staff building side of things. If he's not totally building his whole staff, you're you're kind of handcuffing yourself or handcuffing him when it comes to, you know, his his best trait. Yeah, I think it was one of those things and again, this is this is very mm-hmm. similar to the Kubiak Gangarello situation I was just talking about. I think it was one of those things where it's like, hey, look, Chev wants to stay. He's been really valuable as a recruiter. Mm-hmm. Um, are you interested in keeping him on as OC? Kind of like n- nudging him exactly. in the right direction. Exactly. But, yeah, I, I but do like, think. Were, were they doing that with Sark, too? I, that's what you wonder. Is <laughs> like Because you have to think that, like, if somebody like Sark wants to – take over the program you say yeah you take the reins you you can be the ad for all i care like if if you if you want to make changes to these basketball programs like you want to get them new uniforms or something you feel free do what you need to do i mean i don't know if he's that good but (laughs) i i will say that's kind of weird if that's what they were doing like hey you know we know you but like would you just bring the would you keep this guy around like it would mean a lot to to the fan base exactly like that would be weird to do to sark with Darrell, at least it's like his former player, you know? Like, there's yeah. a relationship there. For sure. For sure. Um, any final thoughts here? Um, yes. The selling the clothes on Facebook. <laughs> How could we miss that? It was embarrassing. Yep. What are we doing? I saw a bunch of different figures mm-hmm. out there for what he was making. Do you have a general idea of what he was making salary-wise? I don't. I've spent a lot of time thinking about it, but I've never looked. I, I mean, it has to be a few hundred thousand. Okay, yeah. So the number I was seeing was 400,000. Okay. What <laughs> What are we doing for 500 bucks? I don't know. I did I did also see like uh, somebody on Twitter say uh, Plato's closet was filled with free Mel Tucker stuff. Not free, but yeah. But, but basically, but it, that's that's the approach in that situation. You don't need to make well, money. Like you just lo- donate it. No, but Plato's Closet isn't oh, a donation Oh, do they give you place. money? Yeah, it's like a Buffalo Exchange, uh, like second. They just, you, well, you give them Mel a bag. Tucker too then. <laughs> they, you give them a bag of clothes, they sift through it, and they tell you how much money they'll give you I for it. I think it's like store credit or you get a tax write-off. Can you imagine they uh, told t- Mel Tucker, like, all right, we'll give you $100 in store credit for these second-hand clothes. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I just, y- you got to be kidding like to do that publicly, <laughs> like, yeah. like have your wife do it at the very least. Exactly, exactly. But it just kind of puts a bow on the top of like, like it. Ju- it's it's what I'm talking about. It's just being a bad look. I'm not saying this is like a uh, an abject failure by Carl Durrell. He tried something that didn't work. Why he tried it, God knows. God knows. But all of these little things build up to it being a bad look. So much of college athletics so much of life but so much of college athletics is optics right totally the optics of hiring a guy out of high school who was a blocking sled salesman is bad mm-hmm. and then later on he goes on to sell all of his gear like it looks like you hired a used car salesman it totally does to coach your offense it totally lines. does and you just you can't do that and and i don't know i did hear like somebody from cu reached out and was like mitch you gotta take this down or we're gonna and, and so you do have like well i heard i heard they were like can we just we'll buy it back from you <laughs> just stop this yeah this is a bad look wow for everybody. look at this wow shout uh, out to ali shout out to ali 
Feels like a good time to tell everybody how much we love uh, the good people at Breckenridge Brewery. These are the uh, good company hard seltzers, Honeydew. Uh, we love them. I'm actually really excited. I uh, Sco Buffs. Okay, yeah, Sco Buffs, Allie. Um, I'm going to this Nuggets game tonight, hence the the jacket. Ooh. And I... Uh, I'm going to need to, to drink a little bit. I was going to make a joke about why I'm wearing my jacket, but I couldn't think of one that wouldn't be, like, dumb. What jacket? Nice. I don't see a jacket. Seriously, they're the best. And if you want to come to any of our tailgates, we have them there, whether it's the, the Broncos tailgate this Sunday. We'll have another Buffs tailgate uh, this Saturday after this Saturday. Just can't go wrong with Breckenridge Brewery. But next Saturday kind of... Today, that's fine. But two days ago, if I say next Saturday, mm. that kind of is like, it's not this Saturday, is it? It's like, right. no, I would have said that, but there's at least the, the doubt. It's a like, from tomorrow have you heard works? about biannual? Oh, and biweekly. Yeah. Yeah. But I, both of those, it can mean like twice a week or every other week. Yeah. We got to do better How than that. How terrible is that? Like, we need separate words. It's like a plot hole in the English language. How does that happen? I don't know. Like there's so many different... Uh, <laughs> Okay, we don't have time for this. I, I hate that. Are you though. sure? We have a we have a big game tomorrow to talk about Oregon. The people want to hear us talk about what's. I just called you Oregon, so wrong. I'm so tired. It's been oh, a long. You called week. me Oregon. Yeah, that's an interesting name. For Hope that doesn't make me see you. That's actually like, not a bad name. Like, you had a child named Oregon Chisholm. So Wouldn't fly well with the there's Montana like the Chisholm family. Trail. There's the Oregon Trail. Oh, like if I was like a hiker or something. Right. Then yeah, or like the Oregon Trail Chisholm. Yeah, I can't. I can never remember where it went. I'm gonna mm. Google that. See, real quick. I've got. I'm so good at distracting Henry. Yeah, it's. I mean, congrats. Yeah, it's what a easy. what a, what a tough thing. Um, post Civil War era, uh, it was a cattle drive, um, Texas to Kansas. Nice. Yeah, I mean, not that nice. So you got Texas to Kansas to Oregon. You need a trail in between there for the middle name. Oh, Anyways, yeah. let's move on. Yeah, uh, I think we've pretty much said it all when Shout it comes to Breckenridge Brewery. Brewery. They're the absolute best in everything they do, and so we uh, we drink their drinks. Um, Amen. You, uh, let's, let's make these picks right here. We're, we're talking about DraftKings Sportsbook and oh. Social Fan. This will be a DraftKings pick of the week. Oh, okay. I've got to do two this week. Wow. Wow. You should tell them that. See if you get a bonus or something. Um, Twenty-four point spread. Oregon, Colorado, Oregon favored. Oh. By the way, in case you guys haven't heard, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, we're just making our DraftKings pick of the week has to be about this game. It does. Different rules on this show. Okay. Um. Yeah, give me uh, give me Oregon and and oh, give away all the points. Yeah. We'll talk more about this game, obviously, but uh, here's a good stat. Colorado has lost four of its last eight games against Oregon by at least 40 points. Okay, I was like, <laughs> that was I can only remember good. one win. Yeah, yeah, and you would be correct. And so, I mean, when you look at that and say, well, it's 50-50, they lose by at least 40, mix in the fact that Oregon potential college football playoff, Colorado has some struggles, and uh, yeah, I'm with you. We're going, we're going Oregon. Hate it though. I'm just tired. You know what? I am too. There was a day this week where I had to make the trip to Boulder twice and once in the morning for football. And I was like, oh no, this is no. And then it, at night, it's for basketball. And I was like, well, this is incredible. Yeah. This is, I'm having the time of my life. Yeah. It's, it's a difference. There's a noticeable difference. Man, it hurts so much just 
seeing a 24 point spread and just being like, that's too low. <laughs> I know. Like, that sucks so much. Anyways, I know. You can keep okay. driving the show. DraftKings is incredible, though. Uh, we make all our bets with them. If you want to bet on this Colorado game, one way to do it is through their uh, uh, parlay system. You can make a five leg college football parlay. They'll boost it 25%. I almost hit one two weeks ago. So. I did too. Eric one night was telling me, like, you got to cash out. You got to cash out. And I was like, mm-hmm. no, this is going to hit. I don't want $80. I want $500. Which is understandable. Zero dollars was yeah. what I got. This week, though, it's happening in part because of Oregon. I actually sold some points there. Um, if you guys are hungry for a big win, though, there's another way to do it. If you're a new user, $5 on any NFL team, if they win, you get $200 in free bets. It's a great deal. Um, and uh, if, if you guys are have been around for a while, there's other great deals, too, like the same-game parlays um, and like the parlay boost that I just mentioned. Uh, so make sure that you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. Win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code DMVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Uh, gambling pro- or must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Um, let's, uh, let's jump into these stock reports. Let's do that. Um, so we have, we're using visual cues. We are this, using right? visual cues. Love visual cues. Yours are over here, too. Oh, oh they're all over here. Wait. We should, oh, yeah. I only have two. Yeah, they're up and down. Okay, all right. <laughs> it, looks like you had, it looks like you had three. <laughs> there's like a middle. It's like, oh, there's got to be a, a yellow one. Like an out. <laughs> a yellow one that goes this way. <laughs> that was incredible. Oh, actually, I only yeah, have two. <laughs> yeah, up and down. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You guys know how this works. Uh, what we're going to do is uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name a player or something, and we're going to say stock up or stock down. And we're also going to say if we're buying or selling. And that's kind of the big thing because that's there's five games left. There's potential for stocks to go up or down. It's crazy that people have been playing the stock up, stock down game forever without doing the are you buying or, or selling. I know. You need to buy and sell. Like, yeah. that's that's the best part. I agree. All right. You in on that Shiba Inu coin? No. I don't know what that is. It's the latest, greatest Dogecoin. I decided it's time just to – I am I'm retired out? from cryptocurrency. Did you cash out your dough? I did. You had to make some money. I of did. It. Oh, yeah. I made money. Yeah. I Yeah. That's probably the best thing I've ever done is buy Dogecoin. <laughs> well, selling it and just taking the profits is right up there, too. <laughs> but um, let's uh, let's start with this. The offensive line. Stock up, stock down. How do we do this? Should we do a countdown? Three, two, one. Oh, look. Oh, no. Stock down on the offensive line. Why are you saying stock down? If a company has to fire their CEO... Um, their stock goes down. <laughs> uh, so, what if everybody knows that the CEO is bad, mm, and then they hire a fun young CEO? That helps. It does it help. It all happen really fast. Maybe it would have dipped down and then already come all the way back up. Mm-hmm. Um, what What I would say as a retail investor in this stock is, I need to see some dire- I need to see what direction uh, the new the new young CEO is taking the company in. Before I uh, before I say their stock is going up, I would say stock down because the company was in disarray. Mm-hmm. But it's probably come uh, it probably went all the way down. It's starting to come up a little bit just because there's some excitement about this new guy. I got if they go out and play 
great this week, then the stock's going to skyrocket. Totally. Totally. And I'm having a tough a tough time deciding whether to buy or sell. Um, I'm going to sell. I'm going to sell. Because... Wait, so why'd you say up? Uh, because I think they have a better offensive line coach. Okay, okay. Um, I'm going to say the... Uh, I'm selling... Not because I don't think things are going to get better, but because I think there's a really good chance I'm going to get a better deal next week. I'm going to I'm going to ride this through this mm. Oregon game. We're going to talk plenty about Kayvon Thibodeau toward the end of this show, but just to just to let people know, he's the defensive end for Oregon who is the best football player in the country, number 1 pick in the draft, I think. Yeah. And me too. uh for that reason, I'm going to wait till next week when the stock probably goes down even more. That's Plus, like, true. how much can a, a good coach help in five days? Right. Like, the Q1 earnings report is coming out this weekend, and everyone knows it's going to be terrible. Um, so you, you're smart to wait. I will say that I am going to – it's funny. We're opposites here. I said the stock's down, and I'm going to buy it. You said the stock's up, and you're going to sell it. Um, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm going to buy it here because I okay. believe in the future. Um but yeah, it's basically one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I, if it goes down after this week, but it's not, it's just because Kayvon Thibodeau went crazy. I'll just buy again next week. You know what I mean? That's fair. If it goes up, what I think the biggest problem for these, for these guys is I'm trying to like work myself out of business analogies <laughs> now and just talk about football. Uh, I think the biggest problem for these guys right now is the quarterback. So I think it's to be really hard for, uh, Vlahos to come in and change much unless he can convince Brendan Lewis to throw the football faster. Yeah. I, uh, I do think that the offensive line really did make Brendan Lewis look worse. Interesting. So you but think it's, I don't know if he's going from like a, a four out of 10 to a one out of 10 because of that. Or if it was like a two to a one. See, I think he, he makes the offensive line look worse. Oh, he does. They're, they're both making each other look really bad. <laughs> it's not it's a good, working. I'm not sure if you watch, but things are going poorly. Yeah, Every, everything is working against Colorado. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think Brendan Lewis bounces back a little bit. Actually, let's do that. Brendan Lewis, stock up, stock down. Stock down. Yeah. I he mean, threw 69 yards worth of passes last week. Dude, I like, I've never seen anything like this. I know. And I've, I thought I'd seen it all. But, like, I'd like to know in the last 10 years, 20 years, how many games a Colorado quarterback has had less than 100 yards passing. But I guarantee – yes, I will guarantee that in the last 20 years it has happened less than it has happened in these uh, – this season. Uh, if I would be – I would have trouble picking a side, but because you pick that side and I know that you pay attention, that's enough to like knock me over. And I agree. I'm sure I, like I'm thinking maybe Jordan Webb had a game or two like that. Um, oh, you know, Bernard Jackson was essentially running the option at one point. So he probably had some sub um, 100 games, mm -hmm. but it is unbelievable. I cannot believe what I'm seeing. Yeah. Like we're in a, I talk about this with the Broncos all the time, but we are in the golden <laughs> so similar. Era. We are in the golden era of passing the football in in football. For sure. How do you come out of a game with less than 100 yards? It just doesn't make sense to me. How do you average 117 passing yards per game when everybody else in the conference has at least 200? What's it's crazy. I hate when people do this. 
but I'm going to do it. Oh, no. 117 yards. I'm not saying I could do better. <laughs> I, I really don't think I could. But I know I could do better than zero. Like, okay. you, you give me a whole game, yeah. I'm going to pass for more than zero yards. As long as you don't get, like, knocked out quick. So, like, if I get to 18 yards, I'm within 100 yards of a Division One quarterback. This is a this is a question for you. If you were say say you start for the Broncos this week, first play it's a passing play. How long would you have to be guaranteed time in the pocket to complete a pass? Like if if, if I said like you get fifty seconds, you get to stand there. <laughs> somebody gets open, you gotta get. How long does it take? I mean, not that long. No, not that long. I think like. Three seconds. Three seconds you could complete a pass in the NFL. I think so. <laughs> That's a... I don't know. I'm just like looking for a hitch from the tight end. It's completing an NFL pass though. Are you getting it? Oh, I mean, I guess that's fair. That is the pass that you go for. Right. Like tight end just goes out there. He turns around at five yards and I hit him. One, one thousand. Why don't you just do that every time? <laughs> Why well, are you not Tom Brady? <laughs> well, eventually they would take that away. That's true. I guess. But maybe they would right away. Uh, gosh, if they know who I am. I mean, they're pressing hard. Yes. They might not even cover the guys on the boundaries. So, yeah, I'm just I'm looking over at, you know, uh, Noah Fan, just saying, like, bro, just get your hands out. Let me hit uh-huh. Anyways. Okay, okay back, I back find it football. crazy that I think I could get within 100 yards of that average. For sure. It seems that weird. is 100 yards of that average. That is weird. <laughs> that is a way to put it. I could, I mean, I could, I could hit like a pitching wedge for, for the entire game. <laughs> I, that's too much club. <laughs> I can literally hit a lob wedge. How confident are you that this week you could hit a pitching wedge farther than the, than the buffs will pick up in the passing game? You're going to make me like toot my own horn. Here, <laughs> I know. But I can hit a pitching wedge 160 yards. <laughs> So I'm absolutely taking me versus that. What club do you need to outgain the entire CU offense? Uh, I I don't. What's the average offensive yards per game? Um. Oh, so the tough part is that I'm on the the entire NCAA team stats. Luckily, I'm just going to sort by yards per game. Oh, last in the country. That was easy. Uh, 238. <laughs> oh, so I mean, I. It's Oregon this too. week. Okay. All right. All right. This week. So 238 is probably going to be a, a four iron for me. I think I can hit six iron and be safe this week. <laughs> We're going to track that. That's like 210. I feel like I feel like we got to go Spring Valley this week. Once we get the number from from yes. uh, the buffs, see if you can outgain with a six iron. The Colorado Buffaloes. Cuz I have to stick with my club, right? Yeah, yep, six iron. We'll see. We'll get the number. <laughs> this is a fun game. Mitch and Spence, um, prepare the first hole. Any interest in buying any Brendan Lewis stock with the new offensive line? No. Good call. Um, we can move I along. I feel bad. Like, For sure. Matt McChesney got mad at me because every time I criticized Brendan Lewis, I had to preface it by saying, I feel bad that I have to say this. <laughs> yep. But And he was like, stop. We, we need to stop feeling bad for everyone. And I was like, I know, but it's it's not necessarily his fault. Like, he's being put in a position to fail, I think. I think so, too. And that's not even the coach's fault, really, either, other than the fact that they didn't bring in more depth of the position. For sure. For sure. Um, Brendan Lewis, stock up, stock or Sorry, we did that. Carl Durrell, stock up, stock down. Stock down. I'm going to go stock up. Okay. He made the change. And the stock was down. <laughs> <laughs> 
like pulling the trigger on your own failure. Yeah. You can say shit. Okay. Um, <laughs> Talk the S word. I didn't even really. Yeah, I get yeah. it. Now. Um, <laughs> I just I, you don't get credit for undoing your own failure, in my opinion. If it works and you get the Vlahos part right, then I'll say your stock's up. What if you have refused to correct your failure failure for weeks past due? Mm, sorry. And now it's like okay. So my thought is... So we're getting credit for undoing the failure of not undoing your failures. The stock was really low, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I've, absolutely. I mean, my thought is we there's a change. And we've been wanting a change. And so compared to where we were last week when everybody's saying, why isn't there a change? Saying, ah, oh, the change is too late. Or it's a change that is because you made the mistake. It's not up a lot, but the stock is up. Um, any interest in buying or selling here? I'm selling. Um, I've seen this story too many times, man. Like, I, I feel like I'm a seasoned vet in knowing what it looks like when a coach is going the wrong direction. I mean, I haven't been in this industry for that long. Let's <laughs> see. 2012? It's always weird to put a starting number on it. So I, I've been in this. Pick in, one. I've only been in this industry for nine years. Mm. And I think I've seen, like, seven coaches get fired <laughs> of teams that i cover yeah and one super bowl so yeah. it's not all my fault that's more um, just uh it's more just a commentary on the rough state of colorado football right now it is true that is yeah. true. across the whole state it's yeah true. because i did cover basketball in there as well and i covered zero coach firings in that sport <laughs> um, go so, tad boyle yeah tad's the best um so yeah i just i've seen this story play out it's the same thing I'm looking at with Vic Fangio right now. I'm like, there's just Vic is way further down the line. Like, Absolutely. I'm like, there's no coming back from where you are. Totally. What Carl Durrell has going for him is a big old you know plaque on his wall that says Coach of the Year in the Pac-12. Yep. Um, which can't necessarily be forgotten. He did a fantastic job last year. He did an incredible job. What sucks is you can't win and not recruit. It just doesn't work. Yeah. So when you're not recruiting well. Um, I don't feel like he is a great in-game coach in terms of his decisions. Um, mm -hmm. Like, you're only getting one of the three things right, which is like, I don't know, like being like a stabilizing CEO-style mm -hmm. force for the program, which is part of the job. Totally. But I feel like he's missing on some of the other parts. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'm not saying he's definitely going to get fired, you know, in the next two years. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying the way it's trending is not – as a buyer or seller of the stock, I don't. I want nothing to do with it. I think that's fair. I think that's really fair, and I think that the 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 one thing that I would say that would bounce back the other direction a little bit is just that there's potential for him to learn. And I think there's yes. things that you can go through like this horrible offensive stretch. Where I'm I just, willing to learn though. Totally, that is definitely a part of it, and we don't have any evidence one way or the other. But I do think that like. Use two hands off. You know, this is something that Chris Wilson has said, is that my job as defensive coordinator is to see what's going wrong and fix it. And we haven't seen that happen with the offense. And I think Carl Durrell, on the outside, we see him as an offensive guy. We yeah. see him as the guy who's like, okay, he's he's sure he's the head coach, but he's kind of like overseeing the offensive side of things. And and I don't think that that's actually what happens with well, I, him. I don't look at him that way. I see okay. him as the CEO style coach mm -hmm. who just delegates. Yeah, and um, I think that he's delegated too much. 
Either that, I think or I think you're on to something. He just there. needs to jump in, and I think that hope, hopefully he sees that too, and he agrees. And and if something like this happens next year, then he does jump in. I just thought of like a new segment that we should be using. Okay, it's called working title. What are they saying behind the scenes? What is Carl Durrell? What do you think Carl Durrell is telling his friends when you know? I don't mm-hmm. I don't know if. The, he does this but let's say tonight mm-hmm. he's going out for a beer with his friends and they're like okay. Dude, what's going on what is he selling them i think i mean i think it's three big complaints i think it's the offensive line it's the quarterback and it's the the play calling the offense coordinator so but it, then to get more detailed it's like is is he saying i can't believe that these tackles can't figure it out i, I can't believe mitch Rodriguez couldn't teach these guys anything like how are you consistently blowing things you get no push ever you you can't do anything and it's mitch rodrigue a guy who you know who knows where he goes off there but i i I think that this week it might be that it could be darren cheverini it could be brendan lewis how is he not processing yeah and that's what i mean like i we know what the issues are but i want to know what he's really saying to to people who are saying like hey like what's going on with the quarterback like Mm -hmm. i personally think he might be telling people especially because i've had this exact conversation with coaches not him uh, but with coaches before i think he's just saying like we can't do anything with the quarterback. Like, yeah. Like we're trying, we're trying everything to teach him. We're trying to get him to release the ball quicker. Um, and for whatever, he- like <clears throat> I watched an episode. Uh, have you seen Ted Lasso? Oh yeah. So I just got past the, the yips episode. Yeah. I actually haven't seen this new season. I still oh, haven't okay. gone to that one. There's an episode where they talk about it. you're not supposed to say it out loud, yeah. by the way, according to the episode. I think I watched it. Was that like the first episode? Yes. I think I did watch that one, and then I haven't caught up. So, like, Brendan Lewis looks like he has the yips. Mm-hmm. He cannot pull the trigger. And I, I honestly think that behind the scenes, that's what Carl Terrell is telling people. Like, I, there's nothing I can do, and we can't go to the other kid because he's just not ready. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's. I think there's a real chance he's bringing up the offensive line first. I think you you look at what has happened there, and it's it's just about every play. And you see the difference. I thought those first two drives of that game, I thought Brendan Lewis played well. I thought he made some throws. I thought that like he stepped up well in the pocket, and then the offensive line totally fell apart. And there's plays where like back to back plays where you'll see sacks, and the guy who's getting the sack just isn't even touched. And part of it is on Brendan because he hasn't been able to bounce back from those situations, and he definitely has flaws. He I, I have gotten to the point where I hate seeing that throw where he runs all the way to the sideline and he stands there and he waits for his receiver to run all the way to the sideline and he throws it straight up to the sideline. Mm. Not because it's a bad play or anything, but because it's like, okay, it's this one again. Right. He likes that. And, and that only gets completed like 40% of the time. It's like one for four. Okay, or 25%. Three times, I might. But yeah, yeah, something like that. But yeah, it's tough. It's um, crazy. One of my favorite throws of the game was the interception. Like, that's how low the bar is. I know, I know. Like, he hit his back foot, and he threw it. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Yep. I don't even care that it was picked. Just put put it in a better spot next time, and that's a completion. Jarek Broussard, stock up, stock down. Ooh, it was pretty low going into last week, and it eh, went up a little bit for me. I think, I think the last couple weeks he's looked more like himself, um, mm-hmm. just based off of, like, what i'm seeing with my eyes so i'll say his stock is up a little bit um over the last couple weeks and and that goes into what were his numbers last week 11 for 28 yeah it's not good he also had that catch 
He had the, like the, what is it, 21 yards down the okay, sideline? Yeah, yeah, maybe that helps. So, you know, 50 yards of offense or whatever it is. Tap the toes. I just he he's making moves in the hole again like that was what he did last year he got he got that linebacker mm-hmm. in the hole one-on-one and just froze them in a phone booth and got right past them um and I saw that a couple times in these last two weeks where I'm like oh right that's back totally totally and he did that yeah he, he broke like the 14 yarder on the first drive and then the rest of the way 10 carries for 14 yards Yikes. and it's just like you, we know the offensive line is historically bad. And again, like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to say it's the most talented group, but there's more talented than this bad. So what, what's your, where are I'm you I'm going to say stock down. Okay. Just because it's. It's been in free fall, like, since the whole season is basically Exactly, because it's like, you're, you're just waiting and waiting for the big game. And and every week that you don't get the big game, and again, I don't even think it's his fault. I keep but thinking he, that it's just like, not happening. I keep thinking that he's like, oh, like uh, we're waiting for him to get back from that injury, but there wasn't one. <laughs> like, it's so weird. Like it doesn't it feel that way though? Like totally. oh, he's working his way back from injury. That's mm-hmm. what I keep thinking in my head, and I'm like, wait, no, he was healthy. Well, I mean, as um, healthy as yeah. you can be after what two hundred some touches, <laughs> uh, maybe even it's more crazy. than that. What did he have uh, touches last year? I mean, it was about 26, 27 a game for six games. Okay. So, uh, like, yeah, a lot. Yeah. Oh, 120, yeah. 100. And Over 150. Right. But even that, it was a shortened season. I don't know what's yeah. wrong. It has to be the offensive line. Yeah. It has to be the, the variable that's changed it's, here. I mean. And the quarterback. There's more been, defenders in the box. The offensive line has been so bad. Um, Any interest in, in buying here? Yeah, I'll buy. Okay. I like it. I'll buy. I think he's due. Now it's not going to come this week. Although I think I saw that Oregon gives up a lot of rushing yards. Yeah, I I I think they do actually. Let me double check that. But but yeah, I I I have a tough time buying anybody this week, honestly. And I just I do agree that he's due to break out, and I think that he is capable of doing it in this game. Like and that wouldn't it be very poetic for like the new offensive line coach comes in, they get back to some of those double teams that they were doing, whatever. And it's just that simple. And it was that easy, yeah. Oh, that'd be nice. It would also be embarrassing, but nice in a vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, real quick, let's uh, talk about our friends over at Ball. Uh, we love Ball. They're great. They make cans. Yep. They employ employ Zach's aunt. Aunt Julie. Aunt Let's Julie. Go. And we love Zach and by extension his aunts. Yep. Um What more could you ask for from a company that makes cans? Are these <laughs> these are also ball, right? Oh, they're all ball. Everything is ball. Hundred one billion cans made last year. It's gotta be a record. If not, I wonder what that record is. That's the record. It's got to be the record. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's still sustainable. It sounds like a big number. It sounds like we're filling up the oceans, killing the fish with these little tabs. No. Uh, you are uh, 75% of the world's aluminum that has ever been produced is still in use today because it's so easy to recycle. What do you and think happened to the other 25%? Idiots. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, I'm going to throw it in the ocean. Uh, kill a fish. Or even worse, a turtle. Wouldn't that technically mean it's still in circulation? I mean, it can't just disappear. Like, are we firing it into space or something? Well, like, maybe you, like, chop it up and put it into the soil. I think we're it's talking still about cans that get stuck in landfills. Oh. oh. Landfills. Um, but if you want to work for them, they are hiring. All you got to do is text GOLDEN to 77222 or go to jobs.ball.com. They get all sorts of great reviews. They've got 100% uh, percent on their uh, the human rights campaigns, corporate equality index 
It's great stuff. And again, that's golden to 77222 or go to com and search for golden. It'll get you all set up. All right. Uh, we're going to play a quick game of these uh, over-unders here. Um, should be a good time. I, I picked out a bunch of different lines uh, that I created myself, things that are going to happen in this game. And we're going to see what Ryan thinks. Typically, there's like one in here that somebody just roasts me for. Or it's like, that's not even close. Like, you're off by 100 yards and where that line should be. Um, but we'll see how I did setting these lines today. We're going to start with this. Uh, 25 minutes of possession for the University of Colorado. Going over or under? Are we still using the arrows? Oh, we should. This is great. Yeah, over or under. <laughs> Double use of the arrows. We're like aluminum over here just recycling these things. Um, over or under 25 minutes of possession. Can you tell me what they're averaging this season? I can't. I can tell you it was 23 last week. Okay, then that'll make that easy. <laughs> under. Okay. Yeah, I can't blame you for that. Uh, I'm also going under. I think that uh, I'm, I'm, we know we we know what's going to happen tomorrow, and it sucks. But usually on game day, my feelings change. Um, we'll see if that happens. Tough to see it happening here. Um, 149 and a half. CU passing yards. Averaging 117 for the season. They're going to be down. Under. If you're listening to this in podcast form, you can't see the look that I gave Henry. Oh, yeah. It was a bad look. That number was way too high. I'm going over. Wow. Okay. Why wouldn't you just set it at 117, the average? I was going to, and I was like, <laughs> I it's it's football, and those are passing yards. <laughs> like, it has to be higher. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I'm going over because I think uh, Brendan Rice gets something. They're going to be throwing the ball the entire game. I mean, the, the game plan will be to run the ball, but you throw that out about five, six minutes in when you're down three scores. Um, three and a half, Kayvon Thibodeau sacks. Uh. Oh, I did. Nice little typo on my end. Well, he can record definitely more than three and a half stats. <laughs> I'm going to say under. The reason why is I think Vlahos is a smart guy. Um, I'm just giving him the benefit of the doubt on that. I don't know anything about him. Um, but Brian Dable is a smart guy, that's for sure. So he likes him, and he's probably smart. I think he's going to say, like, no way we get beat by Kayvon Thibodeau. Just mm -hmm. double him, whatever you got to do. Take him out of the game. Um as an inferior opponent, like you can't come in here saying like we're gonna do what we do and make them change to mm -hmm. us. Like you'd have to literally be insane. Yeah. Um, so I think they're gonna say like we're gonna do what they do. We're gonna figure out what they do and try to take that away, and that gives us our best chance of winning. So I'm saying under. Uh, that doesn't mean he's not gonna get any, but I don't think he gets three and a half getting doubled all game. I'm uh, I'm going over. That he's. He's so good. He is really These good. tackles are not. So, like, I think they're going to throw the ball a lot. Colorado gave up six sacks last week. It should be so simple to tell Brendan Lewis, like, dude, this guy's a freak. You cannot stand back there. But, like, that, that has to have been what they've been saying all, all season. You can't stand back there like that. And he keeps doing it. So, uh, I, yeah. <sighs> this is sad. Um, ooh, two CU tackles give up a sack. To Kayvon Thibodeau. I went with two on the dot, so you have to go one or three. Wait, what? Two on the dot. You're going over under two, two. CU tackles to give up a sack. Because remember, they're rotating like four of them in. They're changing sides. I checked. Kayvon Thibodeau has played equal snaps on both sides. Under. 
I'm going over. <laughs> I think I think he gets three of them. You say he's getting. Doesn't matter who they put in. He's getting all of them. I think I think he's I think he is getting three different tackles in this game. I see. I don't even think he's gonna have the. I just don't think he's gonna have even the opportunity to. This we'll is a hot take. I deserve a lot of credit if it hits, but I I think it happens. Um, last one here. Oh, <laughs> never mind. That was a note. Those are all. So of that's them. it. Before we get out of here, real quick, we're gonna go through the path to victory. Oh, building the game plan. Is this like the Chisholm Trail? We're gonna. Who that would that would have been a lot better name for this. Um, how how do you win this game? Upsets are possible. We've seen them before. This is this would be a major one, but you know the the quarterback has struggled at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you win this one by it starts with an early fluky touchdown, and I, and by fluky mm-hmm. I just mean broken coverage, missed uh, running gap assignment, or you break a big one, you go up seven zero. You you pretty much mm-hmm. have to go up seven zero. Okay. Then you create a turnover to make it fourteen zero, like a okay. pick six um from nate landman let's say he's not playing playing? he's not playing he's not playing that's gonna Uh, make it even tougher (laughs) yeah oh oh, geez Uh, a pick six from marvin ham i like it okay you can fill (laughs) in throwing out a random name uh pick six from mark perry whoever you have to like basically you you go up 14-0 and then the defense god i can't even say this in sincerity without nate landman but the defense basically protects the lead the rest of the game. Maybe you get a couple field goals, but you basically have to win this like 20 to 17 or something like that. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, need a special teams touchdown, need yeah. a defensive touchdown. You need an offensive the touchdown. You almost had one last week. That gets you to 21 points right there. Maybe you're able to get another big return, get a field goal out of it. It's crazy last week. This is another Brian Howell stat. But against Cal... They only got across the 41-yard line one time, and that was when Brendan Rice returned a kick past the 41-yard line. And then they still needed a penalty to get into field goal range. I'm telling you, dude, we, I thought we had seen it all. I thought CU fans had seen it all. All right. And this um, is just a new, fresh hell. Anything in the chat that we should touch on before we get out of here, Kale? Nope. All right. Well, then let's get out of here. Uh you look like you have something to say. I just want to, let's end on one positive note. Good, yeah. Give me a couple players that you are excited about moving forward. Ooh, that will be fun. Just guys who are fun to watch. Obviously, Christian Gonzalez. Yep. 